Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 3, Episode 12, The Macon Aqualish Foundation. The book, Tales from the Most Eisley Cantina, as edited by Kevin J. Anderson. The year, 1995. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. The myth in the band looked like if the testicle had a butthole on it. Don't fucking try and explain a skater boy to me, okay? The young kids don't care for your jizz. They just want to hang around in their rooms and you're goth. Oh, ball sacks, he says. <laughs> Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Novel Discussion Podcast. Look, I almost kind of got it right. You that's, almost did it. That's with only six mo- uh, weeks of practicing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back job. in charge. Yeah. It's my podcast again. Hi there, I'm Jeff, and joined as always by my co-host, John. John, how are you? I'm great. Now that you've stolen back host duties from me. <laughs> <laughs> All the crap's back in my house. Yeah. We get to hang out here with a cute baby. <laughs> with that little squeaker you got. She does do a lot of squeaking. She's not a big crier. She's more of a little squeaker. Yeah, she's a chill baby that occasionally is like, meh. Yeah, she's a. We're we're surprisingly lucky. Got a very chill baby here at the household. Uh, Sage is is an adorable little girl who just sort of kind of every once in a while. That's about all. She, then she just looks around and she's reaching for stuff way too early. And I even saw her roll over a couple days ago, which is not what she's supposed to be doing at six weeks. So we've got a little genius on our hands, and I'm very scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how are you, John? Oh, I'm great. I'm also a little genius. I rolled over today myself as well. I refuse to believe that. I reached for things. (laughs) I refuse to believe that, too. Hey, I reached for that bag of McDonald's from the (laughs) drive-thru. Please just place it on my lap. Please, can can someone in there feed me? Thank you. (laughs) Please pull over to the third window, sir. That's what it's for here at McDonald's. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to make squeak noises until you put a burger in my mouth. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I lack mandibular potential. Could you chew for me? <laughs> I have great mandibular potential. <laughs> if I would just apply myself. <laughs> I could chew through a broom if I wanted. <laughs> well, why don't we get right into it, well, folks? <laughs> this is going to be a discussion of Tales of the Maz Eisley Cantina, uh, edited by Kevin J. Anderson. Today's chapter, chapter 11, The Tale of Dr. Evazon and Ponda Baba. We are so close to the end of this book right now. I think now. there's like two or three chapters left. Yeah. And I was amazed that they didn't save Evazon and Ponda Baba for the last. I was really assuming that given the entire point of literally every other chapter aside from like chapter one was let's see the Ponda Baba Dr. Evazon show. I know. And here's the crazy thing. The doc, the, the uh, Evazon and Ponda Baba show is in afterthought in this chapter. It's barely even in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, just right off the bat, the first thing we find out is this takes place in the future. It's like, well, okay, the whole thing takes place in the distant past, John. Let's be clear. Well, in the future of the past. <laughs> Several years after the Evazon and Ponda Baba show, our, we find ourselves visiting with Dr. Evazon, who now lives in a giant, evil, Mad Max-style mansion on a cliffside on the planet Andoa, where he is some sort of resident mad scientist that works for the government. Like, he's their resident mad scientist. Oh, yeah. I mean, this starts out, and you're like, oh... Dr. Evazon is Dr. Frankenstein. That's what's happened here. Yeah, he's kind of a weird mix between, like, Dr. Frankenstein and a Bond villain. (laughs) It's so strange to me that they decided to look at the weird guy who wants to start a bar fight. That's the problem you run into right away here, because he's having dinner with a senator from the planet of Andoa, an Aqualish senator, by the way. So not Ponda Baba, but another walrus spider sort of guy. Yeah. 
And he's like, mm, yes, hello, Senator, would you care for another glass of vandibular brandy? I find it quite stimulating in this season. Mm. Oh, yes. Welcome to my mighty mansion castle. Mm. Yes, while we're here at my castle and there's lightning going on outside and I'm sure there's probably several Tesla coils around here. And, and- but you keep, maybe like me here, John, and while you were reading this, you were like, Wait a minute, isn't this guy who was like, I'm a wanted man. I don't like you either. I've wanted on 12 systems. You'll be dead. Yeah. It's that guy. Yeah. (laughs) It's like this entire story is you guys had a weird Star Wars Frankenstein story you wanted to tell, and this was the only guy you could find. Well, to be fair, there are very few doctors in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. There's there's Dr. Cornelius Ephazon, which is this guy. There's there's, uh, Doctor Who. There's Doctor Who, who has visited Star Wars on a number of well-documented occasions. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got the novels. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know you do. There's the famous Doctor Acula. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who almost showed up in this story. Briefly mentioned, given that we've got a Frankenstein on our hands. I know. You... <laughs> Doctor Acula, of course, I didn't mention when I was going over the different kinds of space vampires that exist in the Star Wars in a previous bonus content Oh, episode. no. Well, he's not a vampire. He's a doctor. <laughs> He's Dr. Acula. The, the idea that he would be a vampire is preposterous. He's a dashing doctor with a PhD and kicking your ass. I mean, yes, he only takes night shifts, but that's no reason to believe that Dr. Acula would possibly be a bloodsucker. I know he always scrubs up in the bathroom alone, which is weird because there's all those mirrors in there. Maybe he's in there to preen or something. <laughs> he's very but, vain. But he's definitely a doctor. He's definitely a doctor, not a vampire. I asked him once what his blood type is, and he said warm but not too thick <laughs> and he said yes please <laughs> so that's that's just some stories about dr acula famous doctor of star wars famous non-vampire doctor i mean of star outside wars. of droids pretty much the only actual doctor that's in a movie in star wars because Evazon here isn't a doctor until the special until uh the the expanded universe stuff starts happening yeah he's just a creep in a bar the only one who's a real doctor is like i think her name's like nala san or something like that and she's one of the caminoans the yeah Amino- you know nala and then she goes and, and <laughs> fights Can Simba. Can you feel? Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, no, she... <laughs> the clones tonight. <laughs> They're of Django Fett. We <laughs> <laughs> paid him with one of his own. And it's Boba Fett that rhymes with Fett. <laughs> Good. Good job. Thank you. No, she's the Camino one who's like, hey, uh, Obi-Wan, check out all these cool clones you ordered. He's like, we didn't order any clones. And she's like, yeah, you did. Don't ask any further questions for the next two movies. Okay. Well, that sounds good. <laughs> all I need is your random assurance. <laughs> I'm completely dialed out. I'm thinking about my condo on Tatooine. <laughs> I can't wait to get back there and fill it with bones. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like it nice and hot. <laughs> You know, they say some like it hot. That's me. It's I me. C- I like it hot. I can't wait to get all old and fat and stand outside my condo washing my Trans Am with a hose and my shirt off. <laughs> uh, making lewd gestures at the passing Jawas. <laughs> Who wants a tour of my rock condo? <laughs> rock condo? <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, so, back to this guy. <laughs> back onto the rails here. So, <laughs> ramming it back to the rails. Cornelius Avazon is... He's basically a bonded villain who's a mad scientist, Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. It is an insane change. It is so weird because he's just like all proper and he's like, oh, yes, I I prefer these finer things in life. And then uh, they hear there's some noise. A rap, rap, rapping at his chamber door. (laughs) 
Yo, it's a me, a rap, 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 a rap, 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 a rap, rap, rap. It's the rap and Raven, and he raps the raps. <laughs> oh my God, his science is just too tight. <laughs> I'm never more the rap and Raven. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we get a weird thing with Doctor Evazon being super posh, and then he also has the coolest pet ever. Yeah. So. <laughs> Basically, he's talking to this Aqualish senator, and he's he's set up on the home planet of the Aqualish, on Doa, where he's like their resident crazy genius. Yeah, they're who, like, oh, we're paying for your castle and your food and your yeah. protection and everything. And the reason they're doing that is because the Empire, or because he's a wanted man. He has the death sentence in 12 systems, and so people are constantly sending bounty hunters after him. But as to why the Andoans want this weirdo around at all, it's not like they need bar fights started for them. Well, the whole thing is they're like, oh, he's promised he'll give us some technology that is so worthwhile to the Empire that the Empire will give us our freedom for giving it to them? And what is that technology? Why, at the beginning of the story, no one has any idea. No. They just were like, oh, he just showed us his mad science credentials. He just showed up and said, yes, I have rad cool ideas and it will free your planet. One castle, please. And they were like, very good. Please tell me you have a couple of Tesla coils to fire sparks at each other so we'll believe you. Do you have some Jacob's ladders or anything that I can have some (laughs) electricity run up? Oh, good. How about one of those Van de Graaff balls where I put it on my hand on it and my hair stands up on end how about that then i'll believe you're a mad scientist oh yeah hey do you have any of those like real long skinny light bulbs and a few huge levers i could throw do you have a big table that's completely full of weird stemware that's dripping green fluid into blue fluid good thank you (laughs) i was i was hoping you would have various bottles that i could put fluids in of Different colors. How come all of the switches in this build... I, look, if I'm going to work for you, all the switches in the castle need to require two hands. Oh, yeah. It had better be a large bar switch that I have to pull down. Bright red and sparky, please. Thank or no you. deal. <laughs> I know that this is Star Wars, but I need this to look like a 1930s Frankenstein film. <laughs> please, I'm Dr. Evazon, a drunk who starts bar fights, and I have... Do I have a vision for you? I love where this chapter starts. Known medical genius... The bar fight guy. <laughs> Dr. Evazon, evil genius. Extraordinary. <laughs> so I'll have to give myself a promotion. There it is. There's the voice. <laughs> when I get done with Obi-Wan. <laughs> if I can't build my force field big enough to surround Andor. <laughs> then with Ponda Baba's help, I'll give myself a promotion. Anyway, he basically is is talking to this Andoan senator dude who's like, hey, man, you haven't generated any useful mad science for us at all yet. Like, he's we've like, given you this ridiculous castle and so much money, what the F? Yeah, and, and you know, he starts to equivocate and basically protect himself, and he's like, oh, I have a great invention that the Empire will definitely want. But then he's like, oh, excuse me, my cool pet Medusa, Rover, has noticed that there's some bounty hunters after me. Please, oh, yeah. Please get under the table. It's it's a great little thing where he's like, oh, I'm hyper-competent because there is one weird noise he hears, and he's just like, Rover, go check on that. Mm-hmm. And the Medusa goes up. Medusa, by the way, is a weird, like, the blob. Yeah, it's a protoplasm ball that can tentacle out. It's uh, it's like a big slug monster. Uh-huh. I and think it's, uh, yeah, it goes and yeah. looks out the window and then, like, shakes its eye stalks at him, and he's like, oh, you should get under the table. I know that that sign from Rover means we're about to be attacked. Yeah. 
And sure enough, a couple of dudes come bursting in through the window, and they're like highly trained mercenaries or something. But they just get zapped to death by Rover because Rover is rad as hell. Well, yeah, I mean, the first one gets killed by Evazon. Yeah, he, he pulls a blaster. And then the second one, the Medusa, gets its name because its eye stalks will paralyze you if they touch you. Mm-hmm. Hey, Medusa. And indeed, they with the Z. Uh. <laughs> he goops the sign of the Z. <laughs> So he goops the other one, and that guy falls over paralyzed. Uh, Evazon, you know, he they both get up from under the table, and Evazon's like, mm, yes, I'm sure there's more coming. You see, there's bounty hunters after oh, me. Oh, you forgot the third one. Oh, Because um, he has to be saved by Ponda Baba. Oh, that's right. A third one comes in. But Ponda Baba makes his dramatic entrance as a weird ho- homeless hanger-on who lost his hand in that battle a long, long time ago, and therefore hangs around Evazon in the hope that Evazon will give him an extra hand. Well, the the whole thing is they're like, oh, my, I lost my arm. I have a shitty cybernetic arm, like not even one covered in flesh. Mm-hmm. And they apparently had a falling out. He was like, oh, he blames me for that, which is weird because you both wanted to start a fight. It's, I don't know. There's there's evidence. There, there's I mean, then again, we do not have the uh, the subtitles for what Ponda oh, no. Baba was no, actually pl- saying. Basically, based on the robot chicken episode, Ponda Baba's like, what? Who's this guy? No, 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 no. I don't want any trouble. Well, that guy's a Jedi. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they, there's a chance. <laughs> they uh, they had a falling out because Ponda Baba blamed Evazon for his arm getting lost. And he's like, oh, I'm only going to show up now because you have promised to get me a new arm. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, with Dr. Evazon being presented in this as basically dick dastardly levels of preening evil, I feel like it's safe to blame him. Oh, probably. Yeah. But is not really a main character in this story. He just sort of shows up and is like, hey, you promised me an arm someday. Indeed I did, Pondababa. Yeah, and then he has to explain to the senator. He's like, yeah. oh, yes, we we had a bit of a business in Tatooine Cantina. Uh, some sort of Jedi cut his arm off. Anyway, this has nothing to do with that or the Cantina at all. Let us continue the flow of money to me. Now, let us go. I've got business. Yeah, he showed, basically, at this point, the An- Anowin senator gets a little grumpy because... Ponda Baba apparently is a super low cast of uh, Aqualish, which is worthy of some co- of some can, uh, bleh, some discussion. But I think we might actually end up saving that for the bonus content. Oh yeah, I've got lots of information for that. Yeah, guys, but- if you want to find out what the deal is with Aqualish, don't you worry, your precious little heads. Yeah, but basically, at least as far as th- this book tells us, the Aqualish are cast uh, creatures. They have different ranks in society that are visible based on the type of subspecies of Aqualish that you are. And according to this book, it's all hand-based. Yeah, you this... can tell right away that Ponda Baba's a shit one because he's got crappy hands. Yeah, the, the whole thing is the senator has, like, fin hands. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just, like, fins that have, like, a little bit of thumb on the edge to grab things. Yeah. And then the lower cast is... People with actual digits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell. The uh, The top cast is basically the sort of walrus that convinces a bunch of oysters to march to their death. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you can tell that they're in charge because, you see, they have this carpenter. <laughs> they hang out with a carpenter, and they wear a fine suit. <laughs> yeah, the, the senator is like, oh... What a what a piece of shit that Ponda Baba is. Look at him and his fingers. <laughs> How disgusting. Now, let us return to our original discussion of shoes and ships and sealing wax. <laughs> uh, and of course, we also see in the background that the Medusa is just straight the blobbing up these dead guys. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's leaving behind man-shaped wet stains on the ground. Yeah, he just sort of goops his way on top of them. 
melts them into them and is like, ah, delicious. I'm one man bigger now, <laughs> he says. <laughs> uh, says I. But then Evazon's like, well, uh, okay, I understand your concern. You're worried I'm not making any interesting mad scientist things, but I have something to offer to the Empire that they would definitely buy right away, and I speak of nothing less than immortality. <laughs> yeah. I love that the senator basically is like, uh, the fuck, you crazy-ass weirdo? <laughs> now let's go down to the lab now, and see what's me. cooking on the slab. Follow me down here, will you? Uh, right past the torture chamber, that's a good man. <laughs> and, like, the senator keeps getting more nervous and fucked up the farther down they go, which is great. And he's like, oh, I, of course... Oh, I've always been your friend and ally. <laughs> I uh, I totally want you to have three castles and all the money, but, oh, it's it's my superiors. They're the ones that you should probably definitely be killing. Yes, those walrus men are the ones who are stopping you from getting that hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want you to have a promotion. <laughs> Everyone knows I have to destroy that hedgehog for my pingus. <laughs> <laughs> pingus! So, uh, anyway, it turns out that Evazon, the entire lower ranks of his castle are completely full of evil stuff. He's got big old tanks full of yellow fluid, full of various dead aliens that he's mutilated in various ways. Oh, yeah, he keeps going through and he's like, oh, my life's work. It has been to perfect life, to make things better. But, you know, of course, some people came to me for help and I had to cut them open and slice the face off, you know, like you do. <laughs> but those poor, unfortunate souls, <laughs> he starts. Yeah. Look, I... It's I, all cartoons today. It's all it's all just weird cartoon shit with you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he's walking this poor senator through a, a, a horrible murder maze of nonsense that he's... like He's got a whole bunch of aliens he's tried to make by sticking parts of other aliens together to create Frankensteins. Oh, yeah. I he's mean, that was got, the thing, is... In addition to this very clearly being Frankenstein with a weird castle and a lightning storm and his crazy nonsense, he also just has tubes full of like, oh, this is where I tried to stitch together parts of various aliens. Didn't work. Don't know why. I attached a Kowakian lizard monkey's head onto a hut's body. Uh, just for fun. Nah, it didn't work, though. They're both dead. Ah, uh, yes. It's funsies. <laughs> we like to have a good time here. Yeah. Meanwhile... Out on the actual castle, there's a fourth member of that mercenary team who did not go in through the window and get zappified and murdered in Et. Yep, and he's like, ooh, that Evazon, oh. uh, he hates him to pieces. I'll get that Evazon, I tells you. Mother, he says. Mother. Because apparently his code name that he's using is uh, Baby Boy, and he's talking to a, like another member of a mercenary team who's oh, no. up on the ship. Ev Evazon is the baby. Oh, he's the baby. The mother is the person on this mercenary ship that's, that's controlling things, so he keeps reporting in to Mother. Yeah, he's like, oh, Mother. Uh, the baby slipped our grasp and is out of the nursery. But I think I have an idea for how to get her. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, and and uh, they're like, well, do you need us to send you reinforcements? And he's like, no, mother. Tell your children not to walk my way. <laughs> is it just songs? Is that it? Is that all you're doing today? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no one knows what you're doing. <laughs> this, you're back too soon. Your hosting duties have ruined you. My hosting duties have ruined me. Yeah, that's right. I thought it would just be the baby that ruined me. Ah, oh, no. You were it's... ruined way before that baby. She certainly destroyed her, destroyed me on the way out, let me tell you. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, uh... She came out high velocity, hit you right in the face. 
So, uh, uh, this this last dude, his name, by the way, is Gurion. Yeah, Hawk things. Yeah, uh, Gurion Hawk Withers. Yeah, Hawk Withers. Uh-huh. Hawk Witherspoon. <laughs> yeah, Hawk Witherspoon is his name. No, Gurion Hawk something or other is is our, our uh, I guess, hero? I guess? Sort of? I mean, not really. But uh, basically, he's a dude uh, from uh, the planet. I think he called it was Silveran or something, or Silver Silveran, Silveran, Silvergrin. Yeah, he's from uh, Silverado. He's from Shell Silverstein. <laughs> yes, he is from the Shell gas station. He's from where the sidewalk ends. <laughs> he's from Hi Ho Silver. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, so he's hanging out on top of the castle, watching with macro binoculars as all the all of his other comrades get eaten by a goop. Yeah, well, I mean, it's good he's using that instead of micro binoculars. Then he could barely even get those on his face. I don't know why they keep calling them macro binoculars in Star Wars, because I guess that would suggest that there is a different type of binocular. Like, maybe that, that uh, just microscopes in this world are called micro binoculars? Maybe. It could be. I mean, it's possible. Everything else in Star Wars is dumb as fuck. Yeah, so, but I mean, macro binoculars has been a word since, fan- since uh, New Hope. Because that's what Luke was using to look out over the, the vast dune sea of Tatooine. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe you have binoculars and then macro binoculars. Yeah, There's it, no micro. He it's good, just normal and macro. Yeah. <laughs> the people are working on micro, but they're years away from the technology. And don't get me started on the funding situation. Oh, yeah. God, I mean, we were going to get them from the Aqualish, but then they started transferring all their funds to this weird castle. Mad science research? That's a weird choice. <laughs> they had actual, definite, useful technology they could have done, but some guy said, hey, I've stitched together five different races. Can I have all your money? And they were like, well, that seems fine. Hello, I represent the Cackling Evil Caucus. Ooh. <laughs> Lobbyists, come on in with your dump trucks full of money. Or whatever it is walrus people want. Cod? Cod. Bring in Cod. I don't know. Are you a spider or a walrus? It's, Who even knows? It gets more and more confusing as they keep using Aqualish in media. It's true. Every time you see Aqualish again, they're less walrusy and more spiderish. It's strange. It's yeah. a very strange thing. So anyway, uh, basically, we get to see Evazon's big... Oh, sorry. Uh, Gurion has a plan for how he's going to overtake Evazon. Yeah. He has a big secret plan, but we don't know what it is yet, but he does start to put it in motion. Yeah. At this point, Evazon has managed to get the senator, who never gets a name, downstairs into his laboratory, and he's showing him his ultimate immortality invention plan. And let's be clear here, it is two wooden tables with two fucking colanders on it, and he's like, it's a mind transfer device. Look, I'm the weirdest normal mad scientist you'll ever see. I, I, I just like mad scientist stuff, but... Why am I in Star Wars? I know. He's, he's invented the bog-standard cartoon engine mind transfer device. It's two sieves on the two tables, and you lie in them both, and your mind gets put into someone else. Oh, yeah. He it's has the on the shit- wall, there are two dials, and they both, like, point at regular mind, and then they slowly turn over to other person's mind. Uh-huh. This is the kind of shit that Dr. Doofenshmirtz, f- like, farts <laughs> out on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very much like... Okay, I get it. This is this is your standard mad scientist thing. Mm-hmm. It does not belong here. <laughs> the other fun thing about this is that while he has built this device, and he, it, the description makes it like he built it based on what he read in a weird magazine. He was like, I, I have to send away $5 and 10 proofs of purchase, and I'll receive a device that transfers minds. He's built it, but he has yet to test it. 
Well, he's or he's been testing it, yeah. but it hasn't worked yet. Yeah. So he's saying, all I need now for my final test is a handsome, perfect physical sculpture of a man. I need a man <laughs> after <laughs> midnight. <laughs> and that's why I'm cooking one up in the lab. <laughs> He'll have to be a strong man. <laughs> oh. He'll do push-ups. <laughs> oh, okay. Unrelated to this. <laughs> Unrelated to the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yes. Please fire away. And everything else we've been talking about. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. So I was leaving my house today, and mm. there's a little lizard, and it was, you know, running around on the sidewalk. And I was like, hey, lizard. And it stopped and then just started doing those push-ups that oh, lizards yeah. do. They do them push-ups. I love that so much. You mentioned push-ups, and I was like, hey, lizard. And he was like, yeah, push-ups. Uh, uh, uh. I got to get some gains. Feel uh, the burn. Feel the burn. Uh, push-ups, push-ups. Uh, uh. I mean, both of us, of course, live in Southern California, way down in San Diego, where alligator lizards and some anoles are super common, and both of them go rushing around through everyone's yards all the time, eating all your bugs, and doing rad push-ups. Yeah. As soon as they stop, they're like, uh, 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 yeah, so, I gotta keep fit. So basically, if you live in, in San Diego and you have a yard, you're used to this experience, but I am describing what he's talking about for people who don't live around here and aren't used to constant lizard push-ups everywhere you look. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. Like, I have a colony of lizards that live in those bushes out front of my house. Mm -hmm. So I just constantly see them just, like, walking around being like, hey, I'm a lizard. Wait a minute. Push-ups. Push-ups. I need to do push-ups. <laughs> so, you want to get back to the actual story now? Yeah, that's right, fine. You mentioned push-ups, and I was yeah. like, god damn, I love that So let's lizard. dive back one layer. In just seven days. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was still doing the song over on the other layer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It was in my head the whole time. Yeah, it was running on the other <laughs> layer. It was just on pause while I talked about push-up lizards. <laughs> so, uh, basically, he wants to transfer his own body, because, you know, he does kind of look like a porky pig disaster, uh, into a hot dude. Yeah, well, I mean, we understand that that's what it is. He doesn't say it yet, but no, he's but like, it's what I need for my mind transfer device is a sexy dude with a face that isn't all fucked up. <laughs> It's unrelated to my specific condition, uh, as I'm sure you can understand. Yes, this is definitely for the benefit of the Aqualish people, I can assure you. I, what I need right now is a handsome gentleman, blonde preferably, with abs and lats and glutes and glutes. Glutes are a muscle, right? I do. They are in, they are in Aqualish, sir. <laughs> yeah, if you want to transfer your brain into an Aqualish, they got them glutes. I got some rad glutes. <laughs> if you, if you want to see, I do these push-ups to work on my glutes. <laughs> So, uh, basically, he just goes into a little reverie about how he needs a hot dude, and then, wouldn't you know it, Ponta Baba comes kicking in over the mic, the, uh, the, the I guess the intercom. And he's like, yo, uh, turns out there's a hot dude at the door. Hey, uh, it's me, Ponta Baba. Hot dude delivery. <laughs> We've got a, a delivery of hot dude with extra sausage here. <laughs> Some guy showed up, claims to be, he's got a pizza delivery of uh, a, an eight-inch Sicilian. <laughs> I don't know that we ordered that. That seems like an awfully small pizza. Did you order a tiny pizza? Anyone order a tiny pizza here? Medusa, did you order this? <laughs> so uh, so basically he, he gets, uh, the actual thing that happens is Ponda Baba call, calls in over the intercom and is like, hey, a dude who was riding around on his aqua speeder just stopped at our, our mansion and says that his aqua speeder broke and he needs help. Can you, uh, you want to look at him up on the camera here real quick? And so they turn on a camera and it's a hot dude. It's a man. <laughs> and... I I love that he is not suspicious of this 
at all. No. I'm like, you are on the Aqualish homeworld. Why do you think some random sex human is riding around on his sea dew and is like, oops, maybe got An- too close to the castle? <laughs> I mean, maybe Andoa is like the Riza of Star Wars. It isn't. It's- <laughs> it definitely isn't. Oh, because you've done that for your bonus content. I've done the research. <laughs> this makes zero goddamn sense. So what you're saying is it's unlikely that a random sex dude would be certainly just motorboating around <laughs> in the ocean underneath Dr. Evazon's castle. I mean, if there was a sex dude on Andoa, you could bet he'd be motorboating. <laughs> Just getting up into them walrus titties. (laughs) I need them spider walrus titties. Look, walrus titty is one of the most popular things in Star Wars. You get that green milk out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Luke loves walrus titty. He is so crazy for walrus titty. Although I've seen an argument from people that those are actually dicks and he's drinking walrus cum. (laughs) Yes, it's the same people that argue about John Arbuckle drinking a cup full of dog cum. (laughs) That has never made any sense. Why would she have a cup of dog cum lying around? Yeah, in a mug. And why? And secondarily, what is she saying? His mouth is pregnant? Liz, I know you always turn John down for dates, but please don't tell me it's because you don't understand basic human biology. That, or it actually is coffee, and she was just like, I'm going to fuck with John for drinking my fucking coffee. What an asshole. What a piece of shit, drinking my coffee. And that was an episode where I think they were already dating. Like, they were, they had a date planned and everything. And then he just swaggers in there and drinks her fucking coffee. Yeah, and one what of an his, asshole. In one of his shitty plaid suits. What he was, he was like a cartoonist, right? Oh, yeah. I think every non-main character that secretly is the main character in a, in a daytime like newspaper comic strip is secretly a cartoonist. Oh, it's always the cartoonist and yeah. this is their stuff. It's the family circus and mm-hmm. Garfield and basically everything else. I think is Funky like... Winker being like three quarters of the characters are comic strip artists. Uh, the other one quarter Funky Winker They're all dead. <laughs> all of them dead. That's the, If you're a red fucking Funky Winker Bean, it is a parade of horrible death. <laughs> like, I... I don't understand. It's, you think it's like, oh, what's Funky Winker being about? Uh, it's like a band or something, right? There's like a, a high school marching band, and you see like the coach, you can't see his eyes and whatever. No, it's like a whole bunch of characters who have been in the strip for 40 years telling each other they have cancer. <laughs> for a, a strip called Funky Winker Bean. Which is just some guy's name. You'd think, oh, this is going to be a goofy laugh em up No. It is never a goofy laugh em up it's just like, what's going on, Funky Winkerbean? My wife died of cancer, and then my second wife died of elevators. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have elevators. <laughs> so so there you go. That's Funky Winkerbean. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dr. Evazon, completely non-suspicious. Yeah, he's like, oh, that's the entirely most suspicious thing that I was just talking about needing a sex man, and now he's here. Please, bring him inside. <laughs> So they let in the sex man. Please bring, bring aboard the sex man, please. And then they have him stand in the lobby and wait for help. But Evazon just walks to a wall, presses a button on the wall that causes the the uh, light fixture in the lobby to shoot a red stun beam at the guy. Yeah. The guy just falls down. And he's like, ooh, yeah, it's go time for my sex positions. All right, here we go. I'm going to get that man. And then with that man's help, I'll give myself a promotion. To being that man. <laughs> uh, so but, that is his plan. He but, wants to transfer his brain into a sexy human body. But Ponda Baba's like, look, you motherfucker. The only reason I'm here is because you promised I would get to go first. I want a new arm. And he's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to put you in a sexy human. That wouldn't make any sense. He's like, I'll get you an Aqualish when we have one. He's like, oh, we've got one right here. And then they both kind of like do that. 
That's turn slow. to the senator. And the senator's like, wait now, hold on. Whoa B- now. Bluster, bluster. Oh, by the the Senate will hear of this. I'm a walrus. Now, why on earth did I invest in mad science research? <laughs> Who the fuck funds this guy? Uh, you told me you just end abortion. <laughs> So they shoot him with a stun gun, and he's like, all right, fine. We'll transfer you first, then I'll get to have my super cool sex body. Mm-hmm. So Aqualition and, or sorry, Pondababa and Evazon just sort of manhandle this guy all the way back downstairs into the laboratory, and then get him, like, just sort of kind of bluster him into getting him on one of the tables, and Pondababa happily gets up on the other table. They both have fucking colanders put on their heads. Yeah, they're just strapped to those flat tables with... The little, like, oh, I've got a metal colander stuck to my head with a strap. <laughs> and there's a couple wires going out of it into the same machine. And literally, the, sort of the description is that he flips a switch with two hands. It is a two-hand pull-down switch. Yeah, it's the kind of crap you got in a 1950s teen uh, shock movie. It is ridiculous. The kind of movie where it was so cheaply made that they had to have the announcer stop start at the beginning. Hello. I am a scientist who specializes in research with the dead. What you will see now is very disturbing, but I must assure you, it is true. How do I know? Let's just say I was there. (laughs) Now, watch the tale, if you dare. And then it'll cut from that to a bunch of teenagers dancing in a bar for ten minutes. But... Sweater-clad boobs. <laughs> Mr. Darcy. <laughs> God damn it. Don't, don't. <laughs> now i got to tell that story. <laughs> so, so, folks, neither John or I, this is a weird omission in our, in our vast collection of pop culture knowledge. Neither of us has read Pride and Prejudice, or in fact anything, by Jane Austen. Yeah, no it's Jane just, Austen at all. It's just a weird little omission that just happens to be a, a thing between the two of us. I've also never seen a single one of the Pride and Prejudice movies. I think I have drunkenly seen Pride and Prejudice in the background once. So, I was in the bathroom the other day. My girlfriend, who was taking care of our fine new baby, was watching, I think, the BBC adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, the one that's pretty famous. Sure. And and uh, I've, I don't, I have no idea what's going on. I, and I only the only character I know in Pride and Prejudice is Mr. Darcy, because I know Colin Firth played him or something. Huh. Uh, but So no one's talking about him specifically. But instead, I'm trying to understand what's going on in Pride and Prejudice by listening from the bathroom. And this is this is the impression I did of it that's become a thing in the house now is, is ooh, what news? Are you going to wear that gown? Do-do-loot-do-do-do-loot-do-loot-loot-do-loot-loot. Mr. Darcy! Do-do-loot-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
All right. So he throws the big switch. Sparks fly. The two bodies shake and rattle on the table for a while. And then nothing happens after that. He's like, well, hello? Are you alive? Ponda Baba, are you in there? Just starts poking the senator body. Well, I guess you're fine, Ponda Baba. You'll wake up and be cool. Anyway, I've got to go get that sex man. Ponda Baba, can you hear me? (laughs) All songs. All songs today. (laughs) Doodle-loot. Doodle-loot. Oh, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> but anyway, nobody's moving on the table. So some, so he's like, well, it, it might take a minute. And then he wanders off to go do whatever it is You're he You're probably actually... exhausted from all that brain transfer. We're doing just random voices for this guy when we actually both know what he sounds like. Eh, whatever. <laughs> You'll be dead. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, he, he goes off to uh, deal with the other body. But when he, reach, or when he reaches in to start working with it, it punches him in the face. Yeah, he goes to like touch those sweet sweet pecs oh, and yeah. his hand goes through it and he's like oh fuck it's a hologram he's just checking out the, the cum gutters he's looking for, for for later in life oh yeah he's like i gotta inspect the merchandise before mm-hmm. i do this i gotta see imagine a world where i cho- i chose a body and didn't check to see if it had a weird dick <laughs> that's not me that's not dr cornelius everson <laughs> odor of a weird dick <laughs> Much better than the <laughs> odor See, now of got a you lonely do- dick. Now you're doing it. <laughs> okay, uh. but unfortunately, it's a hologram around Gurion, who is sadly not hot. They no. describe him as having hawkish features and uh, a mustache, and he's darker of skin. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's lanky and kind of sharp featured, and he's like. Ooh, I'm not muscly at all. Well, but let's do be clear here. It does mention that that uh, the dude who came in had a perfect tan. Where when we got a description of Gurion, he was darker of complexion. Oh yes. So he we is, have he is described as swarthy. We have a little bit of a racism thing happening here with Evazon as well, where he's like, "Ooh, look at this hot white dude." Oh, oh yes, I'm gonna get this definite hot surfer man. And then he goes down there and tries to touch him, and he turns fucking Greek. Are <laughs> you kidding me? A lanky Greek? How dare you! <laughs> Spadacopita! I'm oily enough as a weird pig doctor, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the uh, Gurion is like, look, you son of a bitch, you killed my entire family or whatever, and I'm going to take you in for justice, and he has a thermal detonator, because that's the only thing you can threaten anyone with in this universe. Yeah, thermal detonators abound, and... Uh, <laughs> Which is weird. You'd think they'd be somewhat rare, given that we had to watch Leia receive a straight-up lecture about what they were back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Lando all pulling down the, the the screens. Well, I mean, of course Leia already knows, and she's like, fuck. Just do your thing. I guess. It's going to be easier for you to do this than for me to try and get you to stop. <laughs> you see, Leia. Thanks, Luke. Th- no, I know what thermal detonators are. <laughs> oh, of course you do. Of course, but I just need to let you know in case you don't. You're so cute. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Quit being dicks to Leia. Thankfully, uh, Gurion doesn't explain what a thermal detonator is. He just says he has one. And then he tells uh, Evazon that Evazon killed seven of his brothers and sisters on the planet Silveranian or whatever it was. Yeah. And and Evazon kind of responds with, well, don't you want to be immortal? Look, we can have a deal here. Do you want to be immortal? Eh? And he's like... A, a, a million lifetimes, or no, a million lifetimes wouldn't make up for what you did to my family. Now I'm marching you to the roof, and then I'm going to take you away to see justice. But just so you know, I'll happily blow us both up rather than do that, so you don't fuck around. Yeah, I definitely want you to die, but I'd like you to face justice for your crimes first. So, you know, I'm fine with blowing us up, but I'd like you to face justice. So they get to the roof of the castle, 
at the roof of the castle, uh, all of a sudden, Evazon notices that there's Rover the Medusa again. Oh, yeah. His good friend Rover. And just been, like, following him up the stairs and creeping out. So he moves so that the uh, the little hatch that they use to get up onto the roof is to the guy's back. And he's just like, hey, look at me. I'm over here. Dr. Evazon, keep your eyes right here. Wanted in 12 star systems. That's I'm a me. Want- I'm a wanted man. It's a <laughs> me, Dr. Mario. Wait I'm a gonna win. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rover, who is now completely full of blood, is a red Rover, so Dr. Evazon wants him to come over. <laughs> and uh, Gurion at the last moment, sees the reflection of Rover in the eyes of Dr. Evazon. Yeah, Dr. Evazon's gross, yellow, swollen, misshapen eyes apparently are still pretty reflecty. I guess. So he sees the reflection of Medusa back there, or the Medusa back there, so he spins to try and shoot it. But it's too late. A, a, a pseudopod brushes his arm, and he is immediately racked with pain, and his gun arm falls to his side. He's been zippity-zapped. Evazon leaps to fight him and fights him over the, the gun, which goes clattering off the roof, but he still has the thermal detonator. No, oh. I'm sorry. He knocks the thermal detonator. Uh, there's never a gun. He knocks the unloaded, ther- the, the unactivated thermal detonator down, and it falls to a corner of the roof. Yes. Yes, thank you. Uh, and then the two of them have a big fight, and he tosses his ass right off the edge. Uh, Evazon. He tosses, Dr. G- to- tosses Gurion right off the edge. Yeah. So Gurion flies down the building, uh, the building down the cliff, hits, hits a bunch of shit, just devoured. <laughs> makes a goofy nose, hits the cliff a few times, and is devoured by alligators at the bottom because he betrayed Shiva. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice reference. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, Molara. <laughs> Love that voice. <laughs> Any- uh, anyway, at this point, Ponda Baba. Well, I shouldn't say that. The senator shows up and. He's like, oh, shit, it's, it's Pondababa, his body. But he's like, you fucked up. Instead of putting Pondababa into my body, you put me into Pondababa. Oh, shit, I, had the, I must have had the two dials mixed up. You dumb asshole. You've turned me into a lower classman. Now all the seniors will hate me. <laughs> I'll have to pledge week again. <laughs> Damn, Hell Week was terrible. I can't do it again. Walrus House. (laughs) So he has the thermal detonator, and he's like, look, you fucking piece of shit. It's go time. I'm going to die. You're going to die. Everybody dies. Yeah, so he presses the button to activate the thermal detonator. He's super pissed off because instead of being in his important, powerful senator body, he's stuck in Ponda Baba's shitty, has opposable thumbs, but just one arm body. Yeah, a mutilated lower class body. Yeah, he's super pissed off. So he pushes the thermal detonator button and walks away. He knows he's going to die, but he walks away for dramatic effect. Yeah, well, I mean, cool guys don't look at explosions. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Looking at explosions is for chumps. But Evazon isn't done yet. He jumps for safety. He yells, and he's like, Rover, save me! <laughs> save my walrus! <laughs> Wait, no, don't! Save me! <laughs> Call the police. <laughs> Do you have any rubber walrus protectors? Because that explosion's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens uh. is the explosion blows up, and the people who were watching from afar, mother, if you will, uh, sees the huge explosion go up from the top of this special castle for the resident in science or uh, in government mad scientist. Well, yeah, He's they like were, the poet laureate. They were headed down because they were going to go pick up uh, Evazon. Yeah. And they get there, like, right as the explosion goes off, and they're like, oh, that's. You hate to see that happen. Well, at least everyone's definitely dead. Yep. Uh, at least we know that uh, fucking 
vengeance was had and Amazon is definitely dead. No need to check it out. Let's go. <laughs> and indeed they do. They they fly happily away. They're like, ah, the Aqualish police will probably be here. They come to me in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at this point, we cut back down to the beach at the bottom of the cliff. On a ledge above the beach at the bottom of the cliff, there's a bump on the frog on the log. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. But... uh but there's there's the body of Rover lying there, quivering, goopy, broken, when suddenly a hand bursts forth. Uh, and out crawls from this weird slug goop monster, Dr. Evazon. Yellow and covered in glutinous oils and shit from the body of Rover. He checks to see if Rover's okay, but no, he's very dead. No, Rover is very dead. And he's like, well, thanks, Rover. You did a good job. That sucks. I lost my cool pet. And then he walks off towards the nearest village talking to himself playfully about how he had the dials reversed. He was like, oh, damn, it didn't work this time, but I'll definitely get it right next time. Now tune in next week for the next adventure of Dr. Evazon. I can't understand how this chapter got approved to be in this book. <laughs> Every single chapter in this is like, let's tell a story from the Moss Eisley Cantina. And this is like, hey, here's a two-sentence throwaway reference to the Moss Eisley Cantina anyway here's my frankenstein story <laughs> it's very much a frankenstein story and it's using dr evazon to become this sort of evil hero of star wars when it, like he's some bum who starts a bar fight yeah i mean even if he's like oh yeah i i do actually have the death sentence on 12 systems sure but that's probably because you're a scumbag that kills people not because you're a mad genius this is a problem that we run into routinely when reviewing these books is that they take everything that was ever said in star wars as at face value even if it was obviously a joke or a bluff or a brag yeah like for example the kessel run speed thing was like i did it in this crazy amount of distance somehow even though it's i, I i'm presenting it as if it was time i don't know what i'm talking about i'm han solo i'm fucking bluffing you <laughs> i'm just bragging so you'll buy my ship or passage buy on my ship buy my ship, ship. <laughs> But no, instead, we have to get a whole story about how someone else beats his time. Yeah, and that's that's basically what this book is. Except instead of it being like, let me give you the story of the friendship of Ponda Baba and Dr. Evazon, or why he has these uh, death sentences, or what they were doing in the cantina. It's just, oh uh, yeah, some business happened. I mean, to be fair, I mean, not to be fair, to really pile it on, Ponda Baba has two lines in this chapter. Oh, yeah. It's the story of Dr. Evazon and Ponda Baba. Ponda Baba may as well not be in this. Yeah, it's like they had to write about Ponda Baba, too. They were like, no, everyone knows the two characters are connected. And they're like, well, I have this great spec pitch I'd like to give you for a, a Cordelius Evazon book. And they're like, mm, put Ponda Baba in there. They, they're connected. <laughs> uh, we'll put Ponda Baba in there. Also, only give us one chapter of that. <laughs> please and he's like uh, stupid bastards at least they're paying by the word <laughs> and he adds ponda baba as a throwaway nothing who was barely in there yeah a little business took place a long time ago with a jedi and a lightsaber anyway back to me cornelius Evazon, the coolest dude in town <laughs> giving himself a promotion uh fucking Evazon. oh the Evazon. uh what would you say was your favorite thing in this chapter john <laughs> We don't do that. I'm doing it now. That's not a thing it's, we do. It's a thing now. Don't you steal that. <laughs> steal it from me? Don't you steal it from us. <laughs> that was ours. That was a gift for the family. <laughs> I uh, mean, okay, fine. Uh, 
I mean, ultimately, what would you have done that would be a good Dr. Evazon and Ponda Baba story? Well, I mean, the obvious Evazon, Ponda Baba story, and what I was hoping they would do, is have it be the story of two buddies who are basically just doofus local Tatooine weirdos who are like, ah, let's go get drunk at the cantina. They get a little too tipsy, and one of them's like, hey, look at that fucking kid. I'm going to fuck with him. And they just start fucking with a kid, and they're not like, Amazon doesn't have the death sentence on any system. He's a local dirtbag. Yeah, he's just a piece of shit. He's never left tattooing in his life. And he's just sitting there going like, hey, I'm good death sentence on 12 systems. I'll fucking kill you, kid. And then Obi-Wan's like, all right, fuck everyone. I'm just going to murder this guy. And straight cuts the arm off of a dude. Cuts like just some random friend of his who just happened to be stuck there. Yeah, I kind of prefer the idea that these two are straight up just townies. And that Doctor is just his first name. <laughs> like, he's just from a planet where Doctor is a first name at the same rate that Evazon is a last name. Well, that or the way that, like, you get people who have the nickname Doc that are not doctors. That's true. And it's just like, what's that? Because he's so good at baseball. That's old Dr. Evazon. What's he a doctor of? Getting drunk. Dispensing homespun wisdom. (laughs) He's a real doctor of fucking his own face up. (laughs) I mean, I I, I would have liked it if the book included some chapters of him going through and fucking with other people who came through the bar, you know, like, and just getting away with it. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole thing was... was, Yeah, it was just chapters of him going in there, fucking with some fresh-faced dude who comes into the bar, and then it goes to the point where they had normally like had the fight with Obi-Wan and then he goes I'm just fucking with you let me buy you a drink and that's how it would have ended but Obi-Wan oh, that's stepped the right in and thing, cut yeah. an arm off yeah every every week he shows up at the bar he picks some random stranger and then you know a few minutes later you got him being like hey Ponda Baba come here this fucking weirdo soup guy says the best Metallica album is load <laughs> <laughs> what a load of shit huh we gotta beat his ass but raw I'm just kidding. Let me buy you a drink. Look, yeah, what are you drinking, eh? It's Master of Puppets, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, what are, you, what, are you, what are you drinking there? Soup? Great. <laughs> Bartender, a round of soup for this guy. <laughs> soup. Soup. <laughs> All he says. And, like, he's done that with everybody in the bar. <laughs> yeah, he's just the local guy who fucks with people and buys them drinks. He's a, a weird, aggressive drunk, but that's still a good guy. Yeah. And then he just fucked with the wrong person on the wrong day. And then we have to do a subchapter about Ponda Baba and how he's really, really good at close-up magic, and that's, like, his dream in life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ponda Baba, the David Blaine of Tatooine. <laughs> he was just getting ready to show Luke his cool close-up magic card work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in Aqualish, he was like, I'm going to do something real quick. I, want, I need you to see I've got nothing in my sleeve. And he starts shoving him. <laughs> Look, no, nothing in the sleeves. <laughs> He's just reaching for his Sabat card so he can do a trick. All right. All now right. Here, I'm going to see if I can get your card. Oh, God, my arm. Pick a card, any card. Now, you keep that. And, and don't tell me what it is. And also, it's going to holographically change faces and suits a bunch of times. But then I'll tell you what it is. And it'll be an amazing card trick. <laughs> <laughs> it's very sad to me. It's sad that they took what should have been the central ending story of this book mm-hmm. and just turned it into some complete nonsense. <laughs> some insane story. But still, a very good insane story. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was well written. It was better than, you know, most of the things in here. But that's probably because it wasn't a Star Wars story either. No, I, I enjoyed this story. It was a fun little adventure about a cool character who was definitely not Dr. Cornelius Evazon. Yeah, it was definitely a fun story about a rad dude who... <laughs> Was definitely not Evazon, who is definitely not in Star Wars, I was using 1930s America tech. I could have seen this guy being one of Shizor's Vigos. 
That would have been a fine story. If this was the story of the of Green the Human. Yeah, if this had been the story of Vigo the Carpathian. <laughs> if this had been the story of Vigo the Carpathian, then he would have been a painting hanging in this 1930s castle on Anoan. He's Vigo. <laughs> Everything you're doing is bad. I need you to know this. Oh, I love Peter McNichol. Peter McNichol is a goddamn treasure. He's not in nearly enough things. He needs to be in so many things. Put Peter McNichol in more things, please, and thank you. Put I don't... Peter McNichol in the next Star Wars movie. Yes, let's do that. Let's get Peter McNichol. Let's start that. Let's start that petition right here, right now. Put Peter McNichol in the next Star Wars. <laughs> It'll make sense to no one. Yeah, people will be like, "What? Why? It's not like he's a connection. What, what are you doing? You mean that guy from Ally McBeal? What do we oh, do? What, why would I want him in there? Because he's great in literally everything he does. Yeah, I can only name three things he's in, and he's great in all three of them. Yeah, Ghostbusters two, Ally McBeal, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. What else do you need? Uh, I don't know. I know I've seen him in other things, and I've liked them. I, know. I can't name them. Anyway, this is a this is a podcast about how much we like Peter McNichol. <laughs> Welcome to the Peter McNichol cast. <laughs> Welcome to Peter McNicholback. I know last week we focused entirely on his weird friend from Ally McBeal who was super into ladies that have neck waddles. <laughs> uh, anyhow, yes, I think that's just about enough for Doctor Evazon and Ponda Baba John. Yeah, I think I think we've well and truly wrapped this up. <laughs> So, as always, let me go ahead and hype the bonus content, because what we are about to do is make yet more content for you, the listener. What we are about to do should not be mentioned by any man or beast. The story you are about to see is true. I know, for I lived it. I invented a radio which can can communicate with the soul of the deceased. Mostly they just talk about underpants. I don't know why. It's very discerning. Discerning? Yes, it's They're discerning. very discerning about I, their underpants. <laughs> super into specific underpants. Much like Mike, they are only into Fruit of the Loom. I don't know why. <laughs> now, let's watch teenagers dance for 15 minutes. For some reason, I am definitely the brain from Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> Point! <laughs> that would be great if in the middle of one of those 1950s monologues that open up a horror movie, just like, yes, I am a doctor who discovered the ability to talk to the dead. Nah. Thank you, Pinky. <laughs> That's all. And there's just some dude there. There's just some guy. Some lanky guy comes through in the background. Oh, I don't know, old man who, who works the radio. I don't know if they make burlap pants in my size. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> but how would we teach the hippopotamus to do ballerina spin? Fooled once again by the atomic weight of gold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there we go. That's that's about it. The bonus content, which is what I meant to talk about in the very first place there. What we do is we make more of this show after we finish making this show. Every week that we do this, we go on the famed website, Wikipedia, home of way too much information, and we dig up some of that way too much information in relation to the story we just read, and then we present it to you, the listener. Yep, you get to find out even more cool nonsense. We present this to you for only $2 per episode of System Mastery, so usually it ends up being about 4 bucks a month. You can get that by heading to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash systemmastery, yes, and supporting indeed. us at the $2 level, which will unlock all this fascinating bonus content, plus more bonus content from another show that we do. And more, that's not all! Yeah, and if you, you get also a... get the famous Julian Frymaker and these knives! <laughs> oh my god, these knives! <laughs> they <laughs> fell through that tomato! <laughs> You could cut a tin can with it. I don't know why you'd want to. I have so many uncut tin cans. (laughs) I can stab a penny with this. Why? I hate pennies. 
I, I'm descended directly from John Wilkes Booth, and I stab every picture of Lincoln I see. Also, anyone named Penny, I stab him. <laughs> Penny Marshall stabbed her. You watch Inspector Gadget foil a case now that I've stabbed Penny. <laughs> Please call me Gary. <laughs> All right, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Patreon, I went to Gary Marshall. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. So up there and support us at the level and you get the things. And if you support us at a way higher level, I forget what it is, you get to see John's big gross boobs. Yeah, $100. I know, I, it's $100? Bucks. Yeah, the $100 level. I listened to the content that we that was done while I wasn't there. Good job. You did it. I did it. So Like big gross hairy titties. <laughs> John will put them on the glass for you for a whole bunch of money maybe. I don't know. Yeah. At the $100 level, you get access to the John Titties room of Discord. I just bought a 1080p webcam, so if you want to be able to count the glistening drops of oil on each individual hair, <laughs> wringing his nipples like smoke around a volcano, a volcano crater. Where there's that one hair that's just way longer than any of the other ones, and uh-huh. I don't know why. Just moving quietly in the breeze. Just curling back in on itself till it looks like a pigtail. I've got that in spades for you with a new, brand new, very fancy webcam for perfect zooming in on John's gross cratery nipples. <laughs> uh, come now. They aren't cratery. They're gross for so many other reasons. No, if you zoom in enough. Oh, well, everything's cratery if you zoom in enough. Oh, that's balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's a penis. <laughs> so... Uh... Otherwise, you can find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com, System Mastery on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, or r slash System Mastery for Reddit. Indeed, we have all of our content, everything you can find, our many other shows. We do so much, all for you. We love you so much, and we're so proud of what you're doing. Everything you've done is so good. We're, we're going to come right back after we get these cigarettes. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, uh, as always, you know, rate and review us on iTunes, I guess, if you want. If you want. Otherwise, I've been Dr. Evazon Sleazebagano, and I love doing stuff with death sticks. I don't know. I'm out of practice. God, you're terrible at this. (laughs) No, I'm just rusty. I'll come back to it. Don't you worry. Yeah. Have a good week. Thank you.